This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where the elite meet to have their spirits broken. I'm your host Bob Mackey, a negative Nelly in Sector 2, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Teacher, mother, and secret lover, Henry <laughs> Gilbert. Who else is here? Shit, without a clever name, Chris Antista. I thought I had it written down. And our special guest, our first time guest, actually. I'm Kat Bailey, and what I find never fails is a glass of warm milk, a little nap, and a total frontal lobotomy. That hey. always works. <laughs> and today's episode is Treehouse of Horror 5. These wieners will give me the quick energy I need to escape. <laughs> What's amazing is that that actually works. <laughs> it does work. And today's episode aired on October 30th, 1994. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh, boys and ghouls, uh, the country mourns M. Bison and Gomez Adams for the passing of actor Raul Julia, dead at 54 following a stroke. The country's top album is a soundtrack to a movie no one can see. Murder Was the Case, starring Snoop Dogg, and a little film called Pulp Fiction quietly rolls out to select theaters. Uh, I I would say Raul Julia's greatest role is Fingal and Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. (laughs) (laughs) My Uh, nuts. nuts. Yes, exactly. I did it first, Henry. (laughs) Raul Julia, you went too soon. I'm sorry. He looks so bad. He looks so ill in the Street Fighter movie. It's really Sad. If you've had the pleasure of seeing him in three other films and you watch the Street Fighter movie, he looks sick. He looks yeah, tired. Yeah, that was a gift to his kids, though, yeah. on his way out. Well, and to the bank account he'd leave behind to yeah. his family. Mm-hmm. And, like, that. yeah, the um, Polygon year a few years ago had a very good oral history of the making of the Street Fighter movie. And they yeah. talk about how he was a total professional yep. despite being obviously very sick. Very, very sick. Yeah. 54, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm almost there. Uh, yeah. and, and since that we almost almost got a treehouse of horror during Halloween, yeah. But since Halloween's coming up, someone had reminded me of it, dude. Adam's family, both those movies, fucking rock. They, they are, are great, great family Halloween viewing. Yeah, and they're, on, and they're on Netflix now. Perfect casting, like Christina Ricci mm-hmm. as as Wednesday is one of the greatest ever, and but he is the perfect Gomez, like as as is. Angelica Houston as Morgana. He has the, uh, I think he's a great uh, follow-up from John Aston. Like, they yeah. both have the same kind of ec- eccentric flair to them. And I only gush over him now. If he was still alive, I think we would treat him like a Christopher Walken. He would have been a guest voice yeah. on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. He would have yeah. been a badass SNL host. He'd be in commercials. He'd be loved ironically and sincerely by you, the entire world. You are so right. Mm-hmm. He would have been embraced yeah. by the a comedy world, and he could have, he would have gotten to have that uh, Christopher Walken yeah. or, or James Woods type of like, uh, time to bask yeah, in this appreciation I'm a maybe. super intense well-trained actor but I can use this really well for comedy and, we, he's, we, mm. and he's not the only one who uh, was uh, kind of conned by his kids into participating in a really bad movie based on a nerdy property because yeah. this happened with Harry Potter Bob with Hoskins. Dumbledore and, uh, and Bob Hoskins yeah, as well so right. it's <laughs> a tradition yeah actually Kat is our new guest and this is, this is a normally phallocentric show so <laughs> why did we let a woman on Talking Simpsons <laughs> please tell us Kat like how, how do you know us all well Bob I used to work with you that's right until I quit for a worse you, job. Until you <laughs> left. Um, and, of course, Henry and I have been... We run in similar circles, I'd yeah, say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then we were formerly 
happily married. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just to get some little, I want some good stuff on the wiki. And you have your own podcast too. I do have my own yeah. podcast. I have two podcasts now. So oh my she's God. qualified, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no! And Kat was on an episode of Laser Time where we talked about the the Star Wars bed, expanded universe that you knew so much about the the novels oh, and the story so of the fun. old official story of Star Wars. It was really fun to talk about that one last time. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, or Disney makes it illegal. <laughs> well, and what's your like Simpsons history? Like, how long have you been oh, a fan? Question. What was your first episode? Like, mm. what, what when did you stop watching? Too. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So unlike all of you, I did not watch The Simpsons when I was little because I was mm. a good little girl. I did not. <laughs> Watch The Simpsons, that was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, Simpsons, that's kind of edgy and out there. My parents were like, oh, no, Kat, you shouldn't be watching The Simpsons. Oh, no. They're directly connected to mischief in every way. Exactly. Uh, So I should be playing marbles. It'll be a disaster. But I was aware of The Simpsons, because how could you not be aware of The Simpsons in the early 90s, right? And I saw, I watched Fox, and I saw the promos, you know, for different episodes. I I clearly remember the promo for Kate Fear, for example, Mm. like appearing on advertisements. Also, Whacking Day, I remember the ads for that. Mm -hmm. But... But I would say I started watching The Simpsons really avidly, say around 1999. And the first episode huh. I probably ever watched was the one where Homer goes to New York. Oh, oh my wow. God. That's yep. season nine premiere episode. That's a good one. Yes. It's, it's a, but I, I've heard people use that as a checkout point yep. for The Simpsons as well. But yep. now it's a modern classic. Well, because everybody... So this would have been like 97, I think. Mm-hmm. And I... Well, you know, all the kids at school were talking about it, of course, and also South Park. But mm-hmm. I, I watched that episode so that I could talk with the kids, you know, uh, at lunch. And then from that youth. point... Infiltrate them, human children. And everybody was kind of like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't a very good episode. But <laughs> from that point on, like, I started watching The Simpsons on Fox 29 because mm-hmm. it was on... Every day at 5 and 5.30. Oh, you lucky dog. You had two airings. I never had And it was on loop, right? So Mm -hmm. just turn on at 5, go through that, watch news radio right afterwards, Seinfeld right (laughs) after that. It was so great. And I saw so much classic Simpsons, and I came to love it. I I didn't know this. So you started in 97. Most people that aren't me would say the show wasn't worth watching for uh, much longer (laughs) after that. When did you stop watching? Uh, I started wa- stopped watching when Maude died because. Oh wow! Mm. So you weren't even on on the uh, new episode train for that long, like maybe no. three years. Okay, I mean that's yeah. a, that's a good play. I mean that's a very bad episode. We'll get to it. <laughs> But uh, there were better episodes after that. But I, I understand that as a checking out point for a lot of people. Yeah, I was in college. I didn't really have easy access to TV. And that episode just really rubbed me the wrong way because the way they treated Maude just wasn't cool in my mind. So I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Like, and it had taken a noticeable dip from like the good episodes. I could always tell when they started to hit the later episodes because like the tonality changed. Like everything about it changed. The writing became a lot stiffer. It wasn't as funny. So Yeah, though now there have been more episodes since Maude's death than there were episodes episodes before oh mods yeah that's how many there have been at this point to go back to the time frame of this i remember this week because a far side halloween special aired the same week oh you're right and, it's great and i remembered it because i taped it on our simpsons tape mm-hmm. so it was one of the only times ever on the gilbert family vhs <laughs> of the simpsons that a non-simpsons thing was it, on there but it got it snuck in on that hallow tape it did well we infuriating we I, loved far side we loved it too family. but yeah, I didn't like, even know that it was a cartoon. This like. is it was one special. This is that an was up, it. upcoming okay. laser time about this because for mm. some reason after our theme park thing we were looking at Universal's ultra sad cartoon lagoon. <laughs> Hagar the horrible Blondie the Phantom. Who can forget everybody? Everybody. <laughs> nobody knows who any of these characters are. But in the eighties, I guess after it was like okay, it's been twenty years. Charlie Brown Christmas is a staple. Mm. Every single comic strip got a shot. 
Hagar got a shot. For better, for worse, got a shot. In Farsa, it, but they'd aired once. Never aired released on once, video and yeah. never saw them again. And like, if you saw that and you have that, part of it is on YouTube, part of it isn't. I've never seen the yeah. Farside mm. cartoon, God damn it! I had read that they aired it. It got more popular and had a better airing in Europe yeah. than it did in America. And that Gary Larson, like, Farside, maybe it was in just a weird space of like, the the jokes in Farside are too dark to be on Nickelodeon, <laughs> but also too smart to be a animated sitcom. Mm-hmm. So it's now it could easily be on Adult Swim. He was yeah. like twenty years too late. Yeah. It's really super weird to imagine years. it in like in motion because it's always one frame and yep. one yes, hilarious yeah. frame, but mm-hmm. maybe it does not lend itself well to an animated thing. It animated one of my all time favorite Farside gags, which is um, oh, it's two buzzards over the corpse of a cowboy, and one has the cowboy hat on, like howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> my favorite one is a caveman with a tool belt looking in a hole and saying ooh this not be cheap <laughs> like, that's my favorite uh, Farsa. I miss Gary Larson you know he's well he never came back he's more public than Waterson uh, Bill Waterson yeah mm-hmm. but he's still he kind of stopped he like I know he drew some kids books or something mm-hmm. but... nobody could do the one panel comic ever again mm-hmm. after that because there was a one panel comic after he left yeah. and it was terrible I I'd hated say it his his departure spawned six far side ripoff yeah. like the parking lot is full and there's like uh, nine with a bunch of weird names like that but they were never as good as the far side <laughs> yes. so yeah this episode this is about Hi. the simpsons by the a way Treehouse of Horror episode. yes and I, I think this is the last uh disclaimer from marge am i wrong it i think is. it's the, the last, last one, one. Yeah. yeah and they and with new animation too i think previously mm. they would reuse mm. marge's animation but yeah the first the last rather uh marge disclaimer oh my it seems the show is so scary that congress won't even let us show it Instead, they've suggested the 1947 classic Glenn Ford movie, 200 Miles to Oregon. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust your picture. We are controlling the transmission. What's that, boy? We're in control? Hey, look! I can see my voice! (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Sequel's gonna bomb also like a motherfucker. Extremely violent. There's yeah. it's one of the best fight scenes on yeah. on camera in the You're last five years. You're talking about in the church. Oh yeah, of course. It was so, really messed up, yeah. like and just how like vicious and violent it is. Yeah, but like, it, but they frame them as Westboro Baptist Church members, yes. so mm. you don't have to feel you that. You don't bad. feel bad. No. But we do see the death of amusing tombstones. Apparently, they just ran out of jokes. Uh, they, they were done with amusing tombstones. They're also done with having a framing device to set up why they're having the clips. Because that's right. Every good. year they had to cut good jokes to to fit in the framing device that was never needed. Yeah, last. Last year was a uh, night gallery parody, and this opens with a sort of Outer Limits parody. I will say I've never seen the Outer Limits, and they mm-hmm. only made 50 episodes, and it was just never available to they, me. They I'm, had another, they had two series reboots, I think, that ran okay. for a longer. I watched the series reboot. I remember the first one was the sexy one that was on Showtime, Showtime which, yeah. and by sexy, I mean like you'd see a boob. For no reason. Twice. Yeah. Like but, somebody's giving dialogue for tits <laughs> out. I <laughs> also watched the reboot, and the mm. one that I saw was Rumpelstiltskin in the 90s. Dude! Wow. Is he rapping? <laughs> the, the only the only one I watched was it's con- was because it's of connection to Star Trek, which mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. Nimoy episode. The mm-hmm. only episode of mm-hmm. Outer Limits most people remember is the humanity of a robot. It's like this robot's on trial. Is he a man? Oh, okay. And and um, Leonard Nimoy is his lawyer in that movie or in that episode. Then when they did the reboot episode of it in the 90s his son directed it and he plays a different character uh, in was, it, there, was so. there an Outer, Lim- Outer Limits movie like there was a Twilight Zone movie mm. I, I recall that might be I, I just remember the shows but uh, mm. but here's the original opening of The Outer Limits there is nothing wrong with your television set do not attempt to adjust the picture we are controlling transmission. So cool. It's, and I have to point out that it's another last, and this sucks. It's kind of the last time they have a anthology horror show to parody. Yeah. Because they did, I guess Tales from the Crypt wasn't on the table. <laughs> and there's, they don't, there's no more to do. Yeah, there's they nothing did. else to parody. You're right. They did Al- Alfred Hitchcock Presents, yeah. which is mystery and thriller, Twilight not exactly Zone horror. Yeah. Even fucking Night Gallery. Night Gallery, we, yeah. We're out. Oh. I don't know why we don't make horror anthology yeah. shows. They hold up really well. Well, actually, this epi- the Nightmare Cafeteria is named after a failed horror anthology from the mm. early 90s, Wes Craven's Nightmare Cafe. Six episodes. Six episodes. But so the, there were, in the early 90s, there were attempts of like Freddy Krueger mm. hosted one. The Friday Thirteenth series, no Jason, which were all just a lie. They're just yeah. like, no, these are a new way to package anthology shows. Yeah. Is American Horror Story not count? I mean, it's kind it, of. An I think it, it can't. It's yes. the it's the most modern day equivalent we yeah. have outside of the potential Tales from the Crypt reboot coming up. What about Black Mirror? Oh, Black Mirror. Sorry, oh, yeah, yeah. Black yes. Mirror is exactly that. Yes. Yeah, but doesn't have an opening you can parody. You pointed out Tales from the Crypt, Chris, and I think that they would have parodied it, but it would have been too expensive because the first person shot going through a mansion, replicating that in animation would be too hard to do. So. I'm like that's happy to inform it. you that there's an official Tales from the Crypt YouTube account that uploaded all the episodes uncut wow, I didn't know on YouTube. Preserved forever in standard definition. <laughs> awesome. Finally, I can see <laughs> naked people on YouTube. Uh, it's really good. My, so, seeing Mo hanged was really, like, that's disturbing. Yeah. Same with their... their Frankenstein corpses at the couch gag like there was definitely some disturbing stuff here I liked it too I know you've heard me say it I'm saying it again there's nothing like Simpsons Halloween specials are some of my favorite things in the universe they're great they're awesome I I will present them to aliens when they're about to nuke us as a reason for us to keep existing (laughs) they're great for some reason Mm -hmm. this is the one I always turn on first Mm -hmm. when I want to like just hang out with people and watch a Simpsons Mm -hmm. Halloween I don't know why I don't think it's my favorite I might like the previous years more but I just like the three stories in this they're all different enough they're really good and they're all based on 
things I kind of knew. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is that like I, there are other like individual stories that mm-hmm. I like maybe better, like yeah. uh, Citizen Kodos and sure. that kind of thing. But this is the one that just flows so yep. well. Like there are so many good jokes. There's a through line. All three of them mm-hmm. are really good. There's a good run, uh, good runner like through the entire thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I prefer Treehouse Four, the previous one, to this one, but only just. Mm-hmm. And I do think the shitting is my second favorite all time Treehouse segment, only behind the Devil and Homer Simpson, just because. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love this trip to hell so much. But love the Omega Man. Yes, yeah. shout out. This is to think how much work they did into recreating with in seven minutes the film Stanley Kubrick's The Shining yeah. is is amazing. They hit all the most iconic things, and I want to ask everybody in this room: Did you see The Shining before The Shining? I know I did, and it tainted The Shining did, for me. I, did, yes. I don't think I did, but I would have been. You know, I would have been old enough to get mm-hmm. The Shining. Yeah, um, yeah. And I actually think The Shining has more in common with the book because the book is all about alcoholism. Yes, and this has a lot. More to do with alcoholism than the movie does. Yeah, yes. but it, but it's still all the scenes from the movie are. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I like, still, for some reason, have I've read the book, seen the Kubrick movie a billion times, and the TV awful Stephen mm. King adaptation with TV. Stephen movie Weber, once. it's terrible. <laughs> Old Wingsy himself. Well, well, Stephen King said he was finally going to do it right. I'm going to do it right. Well, because Kubrick made a Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. not a Stephen King movie, and yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, until... No, let's be fair. King had legitimate grievances with yeah. the way Kubrick yeah, yeah. approached it, especially with yeah. the. Uh, the main uh, female character oh, yeah. and how like he terrorized her and oh, then turned yeah. her into just a total wimp. She oh, is the I'm... total heroine of the book, a much stronger yeah. character but in the book. He still also wrote a book where you can do anything and it just explodes. Well, it's, <laughs> and he well, also said, sorry, uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. he said they took a crazy, he took a normal person in the book and made him crazy. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, they took a crazy person and made him absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, Stephen King proved the scariest thing ever is a gay furry blowjob. <laughs> Don't open that door. It's <laughs> crazy. Well, or a naked old lady. That too, that, that too. too. Yuck. <laughs> she was a hot naked lady first. Now she's old. No, I saw this uh, after I saw The Shinning and mm-hmm. I definitely, it freaked me out i saw probably within a year of seeing the shining i i was able to convince my parents to let me see the shining i think actually i did see the shining first but if you're a kid and you're watching nightmare on elm street like the shining doesn't seem scary it, yeah, it well freaks. There's no it monster. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. it's like this is bo- this is long, and I don't really understand uh, what's going on. And oh. this is, are the little girls the killers? No, <laughs> only two mildly violent things happen. Yeah. It's not gory or anything like yeah. that. Though now as an adult, when I just rewatched some scenes for prep for the show, I was like. Oh, this is disturbing to yeah. me now. It's I real disturbing, that. and hey, and <laughs> yes, when there's two. Vi- there's some violence and a couple end end bombs in there. Well, uh, and yeah. I feel so. I mean, I feel so bad. It's an amazing performance, but to know how much Stanley Kubrick, you know, tortured. Yeah, if you the, haven't the, seen that footage, it's a, him torturing Shelley Duvall like yeah. to tears. It's insane. Yeah, I, I love how Jack Nicholson. He's like twenty years ago, still really cool. Stanley and I got along great. <laughs> he didn't do that with Shelley. Yeah, she didn't get that. Yeah, it was the performance he wanted, but (laughs) it was fucked up. But obsessing over The Shining Mm -hmm. is one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. Room two thirty seven. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bunch of crackpots arguing with other crackpots. It's It's like your crackpot theory sucks. My crackpot theory is is better. Displacement of the American Indians. Bullshit. The rocket ship on Danny Torrance's shirt is a reference to faking the moon landing, which Stanley Kubrick did. (laughs) No, and he reversed all the oatmeal cans. It actually is this message. Yes, one can of baking powder is the clue to all of. Well, this is what I'm going to say. I I think that Kubrick is just crazy enough and Mm. just meticulous enough with his filmmaking that I could actually believe that he is trying to send some kind of message. I don't think he is, but I could believe it. I don't think he is, but his reputation makes all of this plus, all those things (laughs) plausible. Yeah, I I think they 
find him more as like this infallible god of film. It's like, no, he's just a very good filmmaker who was meticulous, but he is human. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if the direction of the pattern of the carpet changed, Mm -hmm. it's because he moved shots and somebody messed up continuity. Like it's not because they've inverted (laughs) their expectations or the craziest one in the movie to me was the person who said, so we did a screening where we had this film going forward and then the film going backward and layered it on top of each other and saw how the scenes mirrored each other in the moment Jeez. i was like I, I think watch you... a new movie yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and, but jim reardon the director did a fantastic job oh yeah uh, him and his animation team did, he's, so. he did a great job on this episode mm-hmm. and uh, we don't know how far away the this mr burns hotel is from the simpsons house but they have to go back at least three times yes. for various reasons but not for grandpa it's a great detail that grandpa is in the background of the shot the first two times and then when there's no grandpa you you don't notice grandpa when he's not talking but so when you rewatch it you're like oh there is grandpa and now grandpa's gone just from the beginning that overhead shot the exact overhead shot of the arrival I mean, grandpa eventually makes it there we don't know how <laughs> yeah I, how did he get there then we get Mer- burns and he is he's pretty stupid for burns in this episode Hello. Hello. oh goody the sea monkeys i ordered have arrived <laughs> look at them cavorting keeper sir they're the new winter caretakers for the lodge yes they work hard and they play hard. I mean, it's no stupider than him thinking a rock is a bird who became petrified. Well, that's true. In midair, I mean, he might not. It might not be a case of him being dumb. It's just that he sees them as like lower life forms. Mm. Like, yeah. he's just like I don't even care about these people. He equates them to sea monkeys. Yeah, and I mean, they're posed just like the sea monkeys in the sea monkeys ads. Oh, right. of yeah. the sea monkey families. <laughs> oh my I God. mean, <laughs> this whole thing is a social experiment that mm-hmm. Mr. Burns does over and over to see if people will kill their families. That's true. <laughs> Actually, when I read. About the deleted scenes from this episode, I kind of wish like this doesn't need to be in the episode. Mm. It's not a strong enough joke. You don't mm. need burns here mm. for yeah. any reason. Well, when I see that later in this sequence that they animated all these famous yeah. uh, movies, like to have Sherry and Terry as the twins, perfect. Like yeah. we don't get to see it. Yeah, yeah, mm. but uh, but we do get to see the river of blood come yeah. out of it. The, like they animated that is the animation like, in this uh, uh, sequence in particular. Slow motion yeah, right. blood coming out yeah. of an elevator. Yeah, that's which, hard to which do. Was the first teaser for this movie? Yeah. Wow, yes. that's what. That's all it was. To get ready for Ella Ella Blood. Elevator opening and and gallons of blood spilling out. And and also, when they're walking by and hearing what happened, the horrors that happened at the mansion before, they do walk by the axe collection that Homer will check (laughs) out later and and, uh, use. Several John Denver Christmas specials were filmed there. I've never seen one. Maybe I I at least saw the one with the Muppets. I've seen the Muppets one. I can't say the the others are horrifying, but the Is it the Overlook (laughs) Hotel? Is that just the name of the story? The Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Though it is a real, I mean, they filmed in a real life hotel, too. I believe Matt Groening talks about that his father had worked at it as mm-hmm. a caretaker. His father actually did it. His father was a filmmaker when he was alive. Oh, okay. And he filmed a promotional film about the hotel oh, in the 50s. No wow, yeah. Homer Groening did Homer all Groening. that, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, yes, animating a torrent of blood. And they don't have the hedge maids in it other than this, but the use of it is so great of yeah. Bart just destroying the hedge maids to, <laughs> to cut his way through it. And then we get uh, the name of the segment. Hey, I found a shortcut through a hedge maze. Who are you, little? No, no, go easy on the wee one. His father's gonna go crazy and chop them all into haggis. What's haggis? <gasps> Boy, you read my thoughts. You've got the shining. You mean shining. Shh, you wanna get sued? <laughs> now look, boy, if your dad goes gaga, you just use that shin of yours <laughs> to call me and I'll come <laughs> a running. 
but don't be reading my mind between four and five. That's Willie's time. <laughs> they do always call attention to the word shin. Yeah, I love the overpronouncement of shin. <laughs> <laughs> they know they have to. But later when Bart will reference it, like he's annoyed he has to say it instead of the shine. And uh, so Willie's playing the part that Scatman Crothers oh, yeah. played in it. And Scatman Crothers talks about how like he loved working uh, he loved being in a Stanley Kubrick film, but that Stanley Kubrick tortured him with having to do line after line after yeah. line after line. His, his scenes are outdoors in the snow. Yes. Yeah. And I've heard him tell the story of like he worked on this movie, then he worked on a Clint Eastwood movie, and Clint Eastwood is Mr. One Take. Mm-hmm. And he said that he started crying after like, <laughs> he, like Clint, so like, all right, that's done. One take on next shot. And Scatman was like, oh, oh. we should point out that the Scatman Crothers character was also leaving the hotel to go. Go back yes. to where he lives in this in this version of it willie's is still working on the estate while the mm. simpsons family is there it's true but he lives in his own shack yeah he lives true. in the area yeah and uh then cutting off don't forget the, the snow cat it's one of the most important characters uh, just like yeah. driving a car then burns cuts off the the beer in tv just as he would to get back bobo so it's, you're it's, right it's, it's his go to strategy he doesn't have those big levers like in that deleted scene yes. <laughs> well with one house it's uh, it's much easier yeah and that wasn't do. a lot of beer it was like two cases of 224 packs of beer i'm it like that's that's enough beer for a weekend for homer sorry yeah it wouldn't have lasted him through winter but also the i wonder too if burns saying that smithers he'll owe smithers a coke is a reference to a previous treehouse because yeah. when he puts the brain back in homer he's like all right you a coke mm-hmm and, about that. and that's when Homer discovers there's no TV and no beer. Hmm. Cable's out. Think I'll have a beer. Hmm. Not a drop in the house. What do you know? Homer, I'm impressed. You're taking this quite well. I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. Homer! Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Funny I can do to keep myself occupied. Maybe I'll check out that axe collection. See you later. Mom, is Dad going to kill us? We're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> I, I like uh, Marge's practical optimism. It's like, well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> but this Homer's like, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. And he instantly turns into Jack Nicholson. He does. See he you is, later, Marge. He becomes him. He is drawn with the same half-lidded eyes. His hair, yeah. his balding hair is going over his head. It's, it's perfect. The... Dan's acting is great there through all the craziness Dan's yeah. acting is great but also like Jim Reardon and his team and so I'm, good. I'm certain David Silverman drew a lot of this he like, did the freak out scene yes yeah mm. so Homer Homer goes crazy so perfectly and then when Homer goes to the bar that Moe's ghost is in there must be no alcohol in there like I yeah. have, otherwise Homer doesn't just drink beer. He's he'd ask if whiskey comes as beer. <laughs> he he would drink spirits definitely. But yeah, but apparently his family would be much happier as ghosts. Do we see him drink spirits? No, no, he doesn't. Uh, well, Mo promises him a drink. No, I mean like just him. in the show. Like I've oh. never seen him drink anything but mm. beer. Well, he did say, "Does whiskey does count whiskey as beer?" beer? He but he didn't drink it in that and shot. He threw a whiskey bottle at a referee, so yeah. we have to assume he drank the whiskey. Yeah, I can. I'm trying to remember other times. I definitely remember Marge drinking a Long Island iced tea. He enjoys a snifter report at Christmas. Homer yes. is definitely a beer man. Yeah. I've seen her drink blood in last year's Christmas special. <laughs> That's true. That too. Free blood. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> and, and Mo being the bartender is perfect. That's yeah. a perfect uh, fit up oh, for God, that yes. character of Grady. Yeah, yeah. And the shot 
that's the same too. It's the same shot of the mm-hmm. bar, the perfect shot of the I bar. I just want to observe that this scene has also been uh, parodied in Rocco's Modern Life, in uh-huh. the episode that Heifer is <gasps> the security guard. I love that oh, episode. Man. I guess yes. I didn't realize at the time it was a that's shining a great parody. Episode. Totally shining the parody. The dead twins are there, like every yeah, and he at the end of it he runs out naked and yes. <laughs> he just tears off his security guard uniform. And uh, yeah, I remember that one now. Thank you for anybody, reminding. Anybody else see passengers? It's not. It's pointless no. to mention. Never. No. But it's just that it, it has like a. But it basically is a shining because it has. It the has a bartender. small cast and a yeah. bartender who is mm. not a ghost but a robot mm. and tells him everything he wants to hear because that's his job. Okay. Uh, kind of makes him go even a little more nuts. <laughs> well, speaking of going crazy, the movie's terrible, by the way. <laughs> uh, Marge comes across a typewriter, which has no reason to be there because Homer is not a writer, unlike mm-hmm. Jack in the movie, yeah. or book. But uh, he was there to. In, to finish his novel. Yes, yeah. Well, as always, Stephen King knows the most approachable character in a film <laughs> is a writer mm-hmm. who ha- does drugs and drinks. And like, lives in Maine. And, and was an elementary Maine. teacher. Yep, yeah. <laughs> it's so approachable. And his name's Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Homer is uh, going a little crazy himself. This is less encouraging. Hello. Uh, what do you think, Marge? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Stay away from me, Homer! Give me the bat, Marge! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Come on! Give me the bat! Give me the bat! Scary <laughs> cat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the scene has to be one of the like yeah. top ten greatest like moments of Simpsons animation yep. ever. That mm-hmm. is Silverman uh, doing it, working his magic. Also, it's Homer making a lot of Charlie Callis noises. And actually, Charlie Callis <laughs> came up on a previous episode, but he's too annoying to play a clip of. Just yeah. take our word for it. That's yeah. an accurate impression. When I found a clip of him telling a very long story on like David uh, on Johnny Carson about like guys going on a hunting, hunting trip, I was like, this is interminable. I yeah, I can't play this. But the Haraba. It's a fine line for Homer to play because at a certain level, if you are remaking The Shining, it is about a spouse trying to murder another spouse. Mm -hmm. And Homer has to be that character to a degree to recreate the story of it. But you have to make a scene of Homer threatening to murder Marge. And it's it's a tough, it's a careful line to draw there. I, I do think. like her two on the nose comment of what he type will be a window into his madness. Like, yes, she understands yeah. she's in a shining parody too. Yes. And the pan around the room to reveal all the ways it said no TV and no beer make Homer go crazy. That is masterful. I will find a link to this, but there is a Tumblr that takes those panning animation shots from the Simpsons and turns them into one big image. And mm. that Which is looks what they fantastic. are to animate it. Yeah. They, they are panning across one large piece of art. The writing on the wall, that was not in the original Shining. No. Because yeah. the original Shining, it was just over and over again the, in the yeah. book that he's been writing. Yeah. Script or whatever. Which, by the way, like they re- they did that for every language it was translated Oh into. my god. Uh, you mean on the paper they yes. filmed it? In the wow. Shining. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Wow. They filmed a new insert shot. That That's a lot like of work. But a prop was, tracking down the Portuguese <laughs> yeah. play. Was the writing on the wall a reference to anything in particular or was it just like 
He's crazy. I think it was their spin on him being crazy in a different way than Jack was. Or was it was a mislead? Like the joke you would expect is for Marge to read the no all work Mm. and no play blah 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 on the paper, but it's actually all around her and she doesn't realize it. Well, I think also to soften this scene too, that Homer has to cause his own injury. He has to make himself fall down the stairs, knock himself out. Marge cannot actually hit Homer with a bat and bash his head in. And I, I have the scene here, the oh, the real give me the bat. I'm like I, I just want to bash your fucking <laughs> brains in. Like this, <laughs> this scene is disturbing. I forgot how much it is, and I mean that in a good way because it is a horror film, so it is disturbing. Stop swinging the bat. Stop it. Put the bat down, Wendy. Stop it. Wendy, give me the bat. Stop swinging the bat. Please stop. Give me the bat, Wendy. Give me the bat. When you see that shot too with the one in the show, you see Homer's yeah. motions are the same too. Yeah, and the same hair over the head and the same like looking up through half-lidded eyes. Like the animation posing for Homer to become Jack is is quite something else. I think mm. what makes the potential assault of Marge more palatable <laughs> is how quickly she bounces back from it. She puts yes. him in the, in the pantry and is like, oh, chili would be nice tonight. Yes, <laughs> that they need that scene to yeah. breathe. Like, okay, Marge is, Marge is not affected by Homer no. seemingly trying to murder She's her. sort of grounding him for uh, <laughs> yeah. that potential assault. As we see... Marge can continue to be in a relationship with Homer because she can compartmentalize like nobody I have ever freaking <laughs> That's seen. true. That it's lady, true. my God. She's <laughs> just like, oh, I mean, Homer's being doing Homer things and now he's trying to kill me, but hey, mm. chilly. She is a saint. <laughs> well, and the pantry is like the pantry in The Shining as well. Yeah, and apparently Mo has a just a, a gang of movie monsters to help him. <laughs> which you don't really see. In the, well, you see them in there, but you have them in another but shot. But I have a list deleted. of the movie monsters that are oh, there. Yes, here we go. It's Mo. Mummy, Werewolf, Vampire, Freddy Krueger, Pinhead, and Jason. Yep. Pinhead yep, gets yep, lost. Yep. He's the one of like, uh, you didn't have the staying power of Jason and Freddy. He's technically been in more movies. I mean, they've been, <laughs> yeah, how many, he's true. been in a lot of them. Yes. Direct VHS. I've only seen the first one, and I used to be a little kid and watch the booby scenes. The third mm-hmm. one I taped mm-hmm. off a Cinemax free preview. But I just watched the first one. It's an insanely good body horror, disgusting yeah. film. And yeah. Pinhead is in it for four seconds. Yeah, I, He's I, one of three people. All the Cinebites are cool. Like mm-hmm. he, They're all neat in the, in the first... But the the first movie is more about AIDS, and then the other or AIDS in the eighties. But mm-hmm. but then every future one's like, Ridiculous. no, the torture's cool. Like you you just like he becomes torture. a Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah, but I, this is my favorite scene in the entire thing, just because like Homer forgot to be on a murderous rampage, <laughs> and every movie monster ever has to drag him back. Yes, to his job. yeah, like in yes, like in the movie, the mm-hmm. ghosts free him from the pantry. Mm-hmm. Except in this, they're just like they found out Homer can gorge himself, <laughs> and he will forget that he misses TV and beer. But only briefly. Eventually, yeah, he'll get full. He gets to uh, Phil's other vice. So, uh, in the movie The Shining, the only ghost we see is the bartender and like the two guys in the room, right? Do we no, see any other we ghosts? We also see the, the guy in the bathroom. Oh, right, right, right the one right. who killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah bathroom guy. Old Grady, lady. Old lady. Blowjob. <laughs> Blowjob bear. Blowjob bear. bear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Available <laughs> now. Use it as your Twitter name. One of the itchy and scratchy hour characters. Blowjob <laughs> 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 bear. <laughs> I obviously had to see the movie to get this joke, but yeah. I, I love this so much. Jenny! Don't! David Letterman! 
Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. Hi, oh. Mike Wallace. I'm Marley Schaefer, and I'm Ed Bradley. All this and Andy Rooney tonight on 60 Minutes. <laughs> One of those shows is still on the air. Yes, but yeah. none of the cast members are the same. Yeah. I, I imagine. I think they're all dead. Uh, Andy Ed Bradley's Rooney's still around. Dead. Morley Safer. One of them is still there. Abrams. I forget. I don't watch the show. Uh, but this is the original, just for comparison's sake. Here. Yeah, I think an improvised line from Jack Nichols. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> Here's Johnny. It's crazy. It's such, a, it's such an Ugh. iconic scene that it became the, the mean, cover of the DVD. Yeah. I mean, just the scene of her hunkered in the bathroom mm-hmm. while the axe is going through the... I mean, I've, I've had nightmares about that. Oh, like yeah. being trapped in a room while someone's outside trying to break through. I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> we didn't play the first part of that scene because it's not good for audio, but I just love how the camera tracks with the axe. So the camera just falls the axe as it yes, hits the door over yeah. and over again. It's so great. So much and like velocity. you see it uh, coming through the door. Yeah. And you're like, you feel the claustrophobia right there. Ugh, yeah. And well, then also then when she cuts his hand when he reaches in he, he's almost like hey, what the fuck you yeah. in. like mm-hmm. he's he doesn't get why she would do that and don't you homer, like my pop culture reference honey <laughs> but but homer's like downturn head went looking through the walls like whoa that's scary when he says 60 minutes it's a really menacing look on his 60 face 60 minutes like, on the subject of that scene by the way there's a good sight gag maggie spells red rum with her blocks yeah, yes, that's right. yeah yep. i missed yeah. that that's that's the closest to the bart has the shinning mm-hmm. but he does not have a fellow traveler in his brain I think they, that kid's uh, imaginary friend was named tony or tony. something yeah yeah uh, that's right and yeah. is so ridiculous in the tv movie version oh, a yeah. floating child just standing in front of the kid the whole man time. that kid was weird looking in that tv <laughs> but movie. you never see they wisely did not have him like actually seeing the kid he just talks about it in the kubrick yep. version. yeah yeah yep. mm-hmm. and you think man that kid's a little off but yeah and instead, he has magic. <laughs> and Abe found his way back from the gas station, so that was nice. And he's, he doesn't even, he's not even mad at Homer. Actually, he doesn't even recognize his son. He thinks he's David Letterman. <laughs> he's changed that much. Uh, so in the, the movie, the Bearcat scanner is cut by Jack. And in this, there's just a bad police officer on the other end of it. He's just like, oh, I'm glad that's over. They they don't even have that, the, the Bearcat scanner. And also... When he sends the shin to Willie, <laughs> um, Willie in bed, he has a Scottish lass above him in a photograph in the film in Scatman Crothers when he's in bed. It is a painting of like a nude woman above his like bed. Like a black so, velvet painting. Yes. Yeah, it's, so it's like a black stuff. power, yes. the huge afro naked woman. And they so they even did that. Like yeah. they, they didn't, no one would notice if they didn't draw that painting above Willie. And again, to point out, I think those it's little touches being slaves to detail is something the modern even the modern treehouse of horror mm, episodes yeah lack. yeah i feel like they're more like hey we got daniel radcliffe that was the work we got yeah. him we I drew guess. them as adventure time characters in some of these scenes there's also some uh, kent brockman jokes in the background that aren't mm-hmm. really jokes it's like and that was the first time she's ever flown a plane it's just like well i don't know what that means or what the context is but okay mm-hmm. well and so this is the arrival of willie and i'm i'm sure he's gonna save the family don't worry mom i can use my shinning to call Willie. And that was the first time she'd ever flown a plane. Uh-oh. The little fat boy and his family are in trouble. I'm coming to rescue the lot of you. All right, Looney, show me what you got. Is that the best you can do? <laughs> oh, my. I, I hope that, that rug was Scotch Garden. 
<laughs> I find that runner just hilarious. Yeah. It's great. That joke is the perfect commentary on what happens to Skyman Crothers in the movie because when I watched the movie, I was astounded that we follow this character in his journey for like 20 minutes as he tries to make it to the hotel. The second he walks in, he's murdered. Yep. So all of that time we watched of him trying to get there is just wasted. I, I still yeah. love the movie, but it's just like, man, what a bummer. Yeah. I guess Why it's... Why he be the one to have to die? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess it's to extinguish hope. You've had all this hope mm. the entire time and now it's gone. I guess, yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're just like Chekhov's gun and you're expecting him to save the family and he's just brutally noting, taken he out He does not die in the book. It's true. Yeah. So that's something else too, though, that I've seen Scam Man Crothers brought up many times is like the Ur example of the black guy always dies in horror films. That only just the- saw a screening of Monster Squad. Mm. It's the only person who dies yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And, <laughs> the only black guy in the movie. And he, I can't say for certain he dies in Gremlins, mm. but the guy who gets his arm ripped off is oh. like the first violence done to a person in Gremlins is a black guy. Oh, he totally dies. Yeah, yeah he's absolutely I, dead. I guess if your arm is ripped off in, in the middle of a school, you'll probably bleed. I death. mean, yeah. in the book, Jack undoes himself because he's supposed to do something with the boiler every day or every week or whatever, but he's going crazy so he doesn't remember. And I guess Skyman Crothers gets the wife out of there and then they escape and the the place blows up. Mm-hmm. And I think the epilogue is they, they live together in Maine, the best place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Skyman Crothers and the wife. I mean, they, have, they have real names in the book. Before I forget, a great uh, reorchestration of the Wendy Carlos theme from the original oh, yeah. Shining, which I mentioned because I love this Tron soundtrack and I've been listening to that a ton. Yeah, and uh, the uh, though also in the Black Eye Dying thing, I had watched The Shining... And then right after that, I think I watched Misery, which mm. is a great mm. film. His best book, I would actually argue. Really? And, yeah, I and, would say so. And in almost the exact same way as Scatman Crothers, at least in the film, he shows up and it's like, <laughs> oh, it's the black the black sheriff. He's going to save it. And he gets stabbed in the back and killed. <laughs> Ow. Like, well, in the book, she, he gets run over by a lawnmower, the police Ooh, officer does. It's wow. pretty amazing, actually. There, uh, maybe by the time this airs, there'll be that J.J. Abrams, Stephen Kingy verse thing uh, oh, that yeah. comes out. I'm I fascinated by that, putting that. them all mm. in the same spot <laughs> it was that the dark sure. tower no one wants to talk <laughs> about that talk movie. about that that didn't oh boy. happen oh, oh boy man. We still, we're still waiting for our dark tower movie. i haven't seen it <laughs> nobody did don't so <laughs> i like the setup that willie's willie having that tv matters and that it is a little plot oh, point right. that yeah. will end up oh, saving yeah, them and that homer immediately takes another axe off the wall to then hunt them down and the shot of homer's like determined marching to murder the rest of the simpsons is scary like mm-hmm. and, and well done but like and it's t- like the bad dream of them being trapped in the snow like mm-hmm. trying to get through because in the movie i mean the kid ends up running into the hedge maze yeah. of course and then mm-hmm. eventually like he just is like going and he falls over and ends up freezing and they just drive in the away in the snow the snow cap and here it's very much a like here's the worst nightmare you've ever had you're in the snow you can't run fast there's a dude with an axe coming up behind you. Yeah. yeah, and the way the camera moves when the family's running through the snow, uh, you know, in front of Homer is just very, makes you very anxious. It's just moving all over the place. It's really nice. And The Shining, a great film with one of the weirdest, funniest last shots. That, that like, heard. smash yeah. cut to Frozen yes, uh, Jack Nicholson. But alive, like, clearly alive. It's in like, a, in a cartoon. It is a cartoon. It's like a fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah, and like, so the, this mm. ending is like, I don't even know if this is a joke like this is exactly how the movie ended i guess it's just that they all did it together yeah television teacher mother secret lover (laughs) to kill fading 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 rising fading fading god (sighs) come family Sit in the snow with Daddy and let us all bask in television's warm, glowing, warming glow. 
Live from Broadway, it's the Tony Awards with your hosts, Tyne Daly and Hal Linden. Uh, change channel. Can't frozen. Birds ah! to kill rising. <laughs> so they are singing the song we'll hear at the end. I was just yeah. noticing that for the first time, yes, and I yeah. can't believe it. I've seen this episode so many times. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, that's the song at the yeah. end. Well, it's a real song. It's they a bought po- the rights. Yeah, so it's a parody song at the end. Mm. The, the it's original- a parody song then too. Uh, yeah. Sing until oh. they make us stop yes. is what they say in the uh, TV little the TV course lines. So yeah, this is why I was happy to do this one. <laughs> yeah, I to tell you all about chorus Take line. Uh, well, so chorus line is until Cats. It was one of the m- longest playing musicals of all time, and it is a musical about musicals and there's a movie version of it too with uh, michael douglas in the lead role so the story is short version all these wannabe broadway stars tell the why they moved to new york city and their life story and why they deserve to be part of the chorus line and so which is the not famous role it's to be in the background really and but they are like oh uh, why should i hire you well i realized i was gay and i had to move away from my small town why should i hire you well because i just got breast enhancement surgery because they said I my looks were a three and my talent was a ten. So now so now I have tits and ass. If you remember the song from Tiny Toons Squash and Stretch. Oh. That is a parody of Tits and Ass. Make Actually, sure. I've heard I've heard the I heard the song Tits and Ass I didn't know it was from Chorus Line. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. DJ Assault. <laughs> <laughs> and also Chorus Line has the song What I Did for Love. Mm. But the directed it, by Richard Attenborough, uh, Dr. Hammond. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. I didn't know, well, don't know anything about it. Well, and so the the musical ends mm-hmm. with the characters some car- characters get hired, some don't. And when they get hired, they then become anonymous members of the chorus line mm. and sing this song. Singular sensation, every little step she takes. Astonishing what things people used to be entertained by. <laughs> I love musicals. I will not apologize. That's just, that's just people barely dancing. <laughs> well, I will say that's supposed to be an opulent production mm. because it is the closing number after a ton of very personal stories and a very stripped down mm. presentation. That it's supposed to be over the top because that's how it ends. To be different from the rest of it. But so that's the original chorus line that I tried to find a clip from that was actually them perform- performing that song in the Tony Awards, mm-hmm. but there isn't one. There, Somebody taped it off the 76 one, but it is unwatchable in, in that <laughs> video quality. So. The, t- the Tony Awards have always struck me as an odd thing because people watching it, most of them don't have access to the yeah. things that are being awarded. So when I was a kid, I'm like, what are all these things? Yeah, yes. It's an award show for the best Japanese restaurants. Like, <laughs> well, and you'll, you, it's more like a preview of the off Broadway shows yeah, you'll see shit, like three years come to your civic center and <laughs> this will be a movie in five years <laughs> well think of the poor gay children who just want to watch it like it's for them it's for them speak for yourself I grew up in a theater great theater town but, yeah. okay. uh, I just want to point out that the Simpsons is taking a shot at another award show the Tony Awards this That's time true Having already taken a shot at C, the, the Emmys, uh, the Grammys. Oh, the Grammys, big time. And what else? Have they taken a shot at the Oscars? I don't think so. Mm, I don't think they really took a shot at I can't at remember. The Maybe in the Stars Burns. They're, they're going to do it at some point. And mark so. my words when the Simpsons wraps its future will have some it'll have some future on Broadway and it will be in contention for a fucking oh, Tony sure. and it'll be I, embarrassing for all of us I look forward <laughs> to being 70 and saying like I remember the Simpsons before it was a 
thing you shot into your blood. Hank Azaria narrates, and then he takes a nap. <laughs> hey, look, it's Hank Azaria's head. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in line for Monorail the Musical. <laughs> Simpsons will be right back. Does hearing ads on podcasts make your urge to kill rising? Well, there's an easy way to fix that. You can hear these a week early and ad-free if you are a supporter of patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Yes, it's true. These episodes go live a week early and with no ads on them on patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And it's so easy to sign up and to start getting them added as an RSS feed to your regular podcast listening devices. I don't know why everyone doesn't do it, especially because it gives Bob and I the financial independence to do what we want to do, which is talk about The Simpsons all the time. But also, if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you'll get a bunch of other scary extras, such as interviews with important people in the history of The Simpsons, including brand new interview with Bill Oakley, an interview with Reed Harrison, the writer of the X-Files crossover episode of The Simpsons in Season 8, and an interview with Paul Provenzano, who, if you don't know is one of the executive producers of classic simpsons games from the 90s including bart versus space mutants and virtual springfield not to mention every episode of talking critic is on there as we go through every episode of the critic and the entire first season of talking simpsons is exclusively right there on patreon.com talking simpsons as well as our exclusive season wrap-ups and a bunch of cool videos like our walkthrough through all the deleted scenes from season five and a ton of other really cool things that are coming all of that is right at your fingertips if you sign up just five dollars a month at patreon.com slash talking simpsons Hello everyone, I'm using my shin power to tell all of you that you should own a Talking Simpsons shirt! What's that? There's a Talking Simpsons t-shirt? Yes, the very first ever Talking Simpsons shirt is available, designed by the wonderful Nina Matsumoto, a friend of the show, and in a beautiful sky blue, it is a takeoff on the Ion Springfield logo, which is so near and dear to our hearts. Now you can get one of those shirts for just $19.99 on Shirtsickle, or you can find it at the address tiny.cc slash talking shirt that's tiny.cc slash talking shirt and you can find the t-shirt there it comes in tons of different sizes base price of $19.99 plus shipping and handling and tax and all that and it also ships outside of the U.S. so if you're not in America that doesn't mean you can't own this really cool shirt I have it it is not some made to order trash it is made with the same quality that I expected from the same people who make ProWrestlingTees.com so be sure to check that out and get yourself your own talk Simpsons shirts, or there'll be a link to it on the post for this week's episode on lasertimepodcast.com. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. Woo! 
it's time for a scary note about audibletrial.com slash talking simpsons if you are a fan of podcasts you're probably a fan of audiobooks and there are some awesome audiobooks out there such as well to fit with the theme of this week's episode how about the unabridged reading of stephen king's the shining narrated by one campbell scott if our chat about the shinning in this made you want to rediscover the original novel, why not do it in audiobook form so you can, you know, use your hands at the same time as listening to somebody else read it for you for 16 wonderful, scary hours. And you can get a free copy of that by signing up at audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons as a way to support the show. That's audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons. you like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. And so I uh, I was camping a lot of the weekend. We had a couple friends like drop out in like the last week. So it ended up being us and then like three couples that had two kids each. Actually, the, the craziest thing that happened is that we saw a kid choke. Yeah. Well, he was like maybe three or four. Oh man. And he walks up to the table. He starts by like belching and we all laugh. Cause it's like, that's funny. A little kid belched. Yeah, a little kid burping. And after about two seconds, I hear like yelling. The kid is starting to turn purple. Oh my God. He's like in between two parents. One is putting their finger in his throat and the other is slapping his back. Whoa. And is your brain like, Oh my God, I don't want to be on this trip. I guess like this would be very bad. A, a four year old child dying. Right in front and, of you. And what was supposed to be a fun camping trip. It's like and a Rescue 911 episode. Your brain's going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to talk about this on bonus time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he either swallowed it. I think he also, like, he might have thrown it up or whatever. Yeah. But so it was gone and, like, so it's so weird how kids' brains function. Like, he was hysterical crying for about eight seconds. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, my Peppa Pig toy. Like, <laughs> just puts it right back and then, and then he's, yeah, well, and, but then he's just like, oh, business as usual. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Uh, well, so then we get to the second segment, which I think we're going to talk less about than all the other the time shining, and punishment. I well, I uh, have a I was a Ray Bradbury kid, so like mm-hmm. this is one of the few things like oh fuck, I got that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I totally got that. I never read that the short story, the the Sound of Thunder. I believe is a great story. It is. It, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I read it, but I'm positive I heard it on Ray Bradbury theater. When to, for my money, whenever the power goes out. Or it's Halloween. I just want to drink and be in the dark. I listen to these Rad- Ray Bradbury radio plays, and they're fucking astonishing. My parents got me addicted to them on road trips. I don't know why, but I love them. <laughs> but so the, it's yes. topical, actually, because yeah. in the book, of course, uh, they go back in time to mm-hmm. hunt dinosaurs, yep. and they are warned, of course, that if you you're going to change history if you accidentally mess something up. And in their present time, the year 2055, a moderate candidate has just barely defeated a fascist candidate. Oh, but <laughs> when he accidentally sits on or steps on the butterfly, yeah. the 
fascist wins. So what actually happened to America was that somebody stepped on a butterfly in prehistoric times. Yeah, we need to find that time traveler. I don't. I meant to look that up. Whether it was responsible for most people know this is the butterfly effect. Yeah, yes. it was popularized by Aston Kutcher. <laughs> yes. But, well, that 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 movie yeah. series, which is about just that. Well, that's from Chaos Theory. Um, yeah, but I, but the butterfly effect. I don't know for sure that it comes from this Ray Bradbury story. Oh, it story. did not come from the Ray Bradbury story. It's not like a butterfly flapping its wings in yes. Africa creating a hurricane. Creating a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's what the, the, the story's about. I really, really like this story. So, I love the shinning. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Uh, it goes by really fast yeah. uh, for me. I'm mean, like visually great and amazing, but mm-hmm. I think Time and Punishment's yeah, like my, sheer zaniness yep, like, it's my favorite. Yeah. just really appeals to me. It's the second Homer episode mm-hmm. like of the bunch, mm-hmm. and like they just let Homer go completely off the hook. Yep. There's barely any dialogue. It's just him screaming <laughs> and going from period to period and getting progressively more insane until he's like literally taking baseball bats to giant dragonflies and yeah. stuff. It's a great segment. It's hilarious. The opening with the toaster is just such madness. I, I had to watch it. it three times today. I love it. It's one of my favorite, just Lisa screaming. It makes me laugh so much that yes. I just noticed for the first time that her mouth is not open oh. the entire time she's screaming. But yeah. Dad! You know, Marge, I've had my share of troubles, but sitting here now with you and the kids in our cozy home in this beautiful free country... It just makes me feel that I'm really a lucky guy. Dad! Your hand is jammed in the toaster! What? Dad! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, get it off! Get it! Get that off of it! <laughs> Dad, it's in there again! That's great. I, I also love the care in the animation. When Homer first notices it, mm-hmm. it is plugged into the wall, and you will see the plug rip out when he runs with it. Yeah. Like, it's it's a little tiny bit of a cheat because if you look in the pre Lisa screaming your debt, your hands in the toaster, there's no way he could be that close to the wall. But yeah. then he's just like, now he is. But it's fine because it all gets the scene. Okay, ma- don't think about it. I'm with everything Kat said, and that's why I love this episode. But it, mm-hmm. it just has to be said. This is all Rick and Morty is. Yeah, like mm, everything yeah. about this is a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, like fucking with reality. Yes, uh, and, with and, with no care and revisiting it, not giving alternate a shit. timelines. Yeah, to explore but it's and missing the like really profound like <laughs> sentence that like puts everything into yes. context. It makes you go, oh. Yes. <laughs> well, they've only got six minutes in this one. <laughs> yes, but this wasn't just a filthy cartoon. <laughs> just one more thing before we move on. I just want to point out that Homer fixing the the toaster actually reminds me of his work with the spice rack, but somehow mm. he did not turn his spice rack into a time yeah. machine. Somehow with a stone, he was able to make a time machine. Well, also toaster. right before this, he breaks a, a very expensive camera by hitting a hammer into a drill. <laughs> but this time with a stone, it's it's so great. The smash cut of, or just the time cut of, all right, better than new. And it, he's built a time machine somehow in his garage accidentally. Macaraney has some strong opinions about this segment. He likes it, but there are jokes that he thought of that he wants to be in the final version. He pitched that every time Homer goes back in time, he has to jam his hand back in the toaster. But he's like, it was shot down for being too crazy. Uh, that would have been funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so then when Homer goes through time, I didn't get a clip of it because it's, I think it's been scrubbed from YouTube. I could not find it, but it is it is a parody of Irwin Allen's Time Tunnel, mm. a, a lost 60s 
not exactly anthology, but it's an anthology in that, you know how on The Fugitive, he really just went to a new town and mm-hmm. it was a whole new setup every time, but he was a consistent character. Littlest er- hobo. So Irwin's Allen's Time Tunnel, same deal. Two guys go back in time to mm-hmm. a different thing and it's a new story and setup every time. But mm-hmm. it had the same, that idea of going through time with the, you know, cons- the circling, spinning, whatever thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's from Time Tunnel, which is a, 60, a late 60s show. I did not know that. The other, can, the other show I got. Oh, this, after being, as a kid, after being confused by all the Shining stuff, mm-hmm. to see Rocky nice. and Bullwinkle characters nice. show up made me quite happy. And we will explain this joke, by the way. Look at that! I'm the first non-Brazilian person to travel backwards through time. Correction, Homer, you're the second. That's right, Mr. Peabody! Quiet, you. <laughs> love quiet, you. That really underlines their relationship uh, on that nah, show. Peabody's not I that big a dick. I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were just... So R.I.P. June 4. Talking hey, about it. Yeah, June 4. We just lost the last surviving member of the show. Yeah, um, she almost made it to 100. And she yeah. was like, uh, you know, cresting 40 when she was playing Rocky. That's how old she yeah, was. Yeah, we have a laser time about uh, last dead actors. And I think she's she's our last... She was our last link to the original Looney Tunes. I oh. think it was on Nick and Knight, like, on the regular, like... Mm-hmm. That's fun. Remember how I remember watching. Rocky yeah, it, well, it, it looks like absolute garbage, but they mm. replaced it with writing. Like it's constantly making jokes, like mm. more than any other show. I think ten years before, or after it. Yeah, one uh, of the few cartoons outsourced to Mexico. Really, that's true. Yeah, and uh, so I want to explain the non-Brazilian I, person I to travel no backwards through time. Is. I didn't know what this joke meant until the commentary. And here's the amazing, non-interesting story. <laughs> the original line was, "I can't believe I'm the first non-fictional." person to travel backwards through time and as they heard that line over and over they were like we can make this funnier so after about like nine hours of deliberation they landed on non-brazilian the joke is it's a non sequitur it means nothing it's supposed to make the audience think oh there must be brazilian time travelers and in the years before the dvds came out people pieced together like oh it's actually a reference to this brazilian author who experimented with psychedelic drugs and blah 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 it's like no they went for a non sequitur instead of the original joke and matt garaining's like put the original joke back and I agree that's a much funnier joke yeah. and it makes the, the Sherman and Peabody thing make a lot more sense yeah yeah I mean they're also non-Brazilian you know yeah they're, they're not Brazilian either I, I, yes in the cartoons Peabody is a little nicer to Sherman mm-hmm. and if you've never seen it Peabody and Sherman yep. they go back in the way back machine mm-hmm. and uh and learn about history yeah, but smartest dog in the world and his pet boy yeah <laughs> and then they just made a movie well not just actually in, in, like years, ago. years ago yeah it's all those rocky and bullwinkle characters along with every christmas special you've ever seen somehow ended up in the hands of dreamworks so yeah, i so think weird. they were like hell yeah we're gonna make it all in the movies and it kind of stopped at peabody and sherman <sighs> but it did get a new series mm-hmm. uh that to coincide with that and i didn't watch nowhere. the movie but at least with that one in the new smurfs movie they at least decided like let's not give these cartoon characters creepy photorealistic eyes yeah. it's just like that was a weird thing they kept doing over and over again just because you can do yeah. something doesn't mean you should do something as as ian malcolm would tell yeah, us it, it was part of uh rocky and bullwinkle uh mm-hmm. I, I it's weird i don't know what happened to the rights if you go to netflix or amazon you can watch these but you can't watch the rocky and bullwinkle things that mm-hmm. bookended them yeah it seems like different technically different production companies own different things they're just like well i own dudley do right but that guy owns fractured fairy tale who owns super chicken i think some moron has plans for dudley do right (laughs) those people can have super chicken man (laughs) 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 and uh, so then we get 
not too long after itchy and scratchy land we get a jurassic park reference of just the 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 orchestral score overseeing all the dinosaurs which again credit to the animators on this episode first they had to do a pitch perfect shining parody Mm -hmm. Then they had to draw a bunch of dinosaurs acting naturally and alternate universes. And then at the end of this episode, they will have to do a musical. Yeah. Like, that's in, that is so much extra effort. Jim Reardon is a superhuman. That's and why I love these Treehouse yes. Horror episodes. It was a time when dinosaurs weren't just confined to zoos. Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't panic. Remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything, because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. As long as I stand perfectly still and don't touch anything, I won't destroy the future. Stupid bug, you go squish now! (laughs) But that was just one little insignificant mosquito. I can't change the future, right? Right? <laughs> Wait a minute! Giant Abe couldn't slug. have been at Homer's wedding. They were yes. at Shotgun Pete's. Mm-hmm. I sure hope someone was fired for that one. Water. Come on, it well, still matters. Perhaps in the original timeline that Homer is now disrupted, oh. he was at their wedding. Huh? Well, you know, this is a Halloween episode, so it's apocryphal. So I don't yeah. think we have to worry too much about it being yeah. canon. <laughs> but I'm still writing my hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the very least, though, they did draw Abe how he looked at that time when he still had some brown hair instead of his hair being yellow with the, the rest of his skin. The tuxedo's a nice touch for yeah, that joke, yeah. I think. And yes, the non-sequitur that Abe, the advice he gave to Homer was if he had time-traveled. And and then Homer's just like, stupid bug, you go squish now! He immediately forgets. And the giant's <laughs> sloth just shrugging at him. But I've, you know, I've read uh, science fiction books. and uh, <laughs> fiction books? Really? <laughs> Tell me more. Well, in this, co- actually I read this sci-fi comic called Tom Strong, which is really good, but in it, he travels back in time to uh, dinosaur times as well, and they establish in it that, like, some guy says, well, I'm going to change the past, I'm going to do all this stuff, and then Tom Strong just leaves him there, he's just like, well, no, an extinction-level event is happening now, so whatever you would cause won't matter, it basically erases the entire paper, so whatever happens before the extinction of the dinosaurs probably doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it was an interesting theory in that. But and, so, yeah, I believe the book, The Sound of Thunder, is the lead character killing himself at the end. Being I can't, blasted with shot yeah and <laughs> it's the only simpsons treehouse of horror basis that has its own game boy advance game the fucking movie which is apparently is terrible wow. never seen it from 2005 uh yeah has a game boy advance game Weird. The sound I, called the sound of thunder i had i this is all news to me yeah. man well so, so then they go back to the present but things are not as they seemed oh my loving family nothing's changed <laughs> Uh. Hey, what the hell is that geek Flanders doing on TV? Oh, I see by the big board we got a negative Nelly in Sector 2. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask the whole family to kind of freeze and prepare for re-education. Don't you remember, Dad? Flanders is the unquestioned lord and master of the world. Don't! <laughs> so Flanders in the last Halloween episode is playing the devil, and now he's a dystopian dictator. He has conquered the world. He makes everybody dress as either him or Maud, and that he uh, that that even calling him a geek is like, oh boy, gotta gotta get you guys. And of all the questions for Homer to ask, as a TV like morphs out of the ground, what's Flanders doing on TV? <laughs> and that was T one thousand in T Terminator Two, especially yeah. the checkerboard thing. Though they mentioned Time Bandits. 
kind of has that same thing of a TV coming out of the T-1000 ground. meets Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, and speaking of Big Brother, the re-education scenes really reminded me of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love that movie. I, I love Brazil so much, especially... Mm-hmm. The hooks in the mouse remind me of when Jim Broadbent is is doing the plastic surgery to his mother and uh, just stretching her face around. But let's just let the hooks do their work and hear this clip. (laughs) Okay, everybody, let's see some big smiles. Just relax and let the hooks do their work. (laughs) What the hell are you smiling at? Now, in case all that smiling didn't cheer you up, there's one thing that never fails. A nice glass of warm milk, a little nap, and a total frontal lobotomy. <laughs> it's not so bad, Homer. They go into your nose and they let you keep the piece of brain they cut out. Look. Ooh, hello. Hello there. Who's that big man there? Who's that? Join us, Father. It's Bliss. <laughs> no! I mean, I know reading of that line. It <laughs> yeah. bliss. I know he just got a lobotomy. I think it's the one time in the series Mo was happy. Yeah, <laughs> and like at peace with something. That's true. We, they should try that out in an episode, the Mo's lobotomy episode. I just want to point out that this is also in the next one. Uh, Lunch Lady Doris is also happy for the first time That's when she's true. wearing her German outfit. Oh, you're right. So yeah. Two very cranky characters finding happiness in cannibalism and like 1984 <laughs> lobotomy. Yes, yeah, I I love. Zary is acting like, who's that big man there? Who's that? It's, it's really cute. Hello. Oh, yeah. It's such a great and disturbing moment, though, when they're actually looking at the brain and they just the animation of their eyes and then the drool on Marge's face yeah. is so messed up. My we, God. We played the clip at the beginning. This is one of two great inversions of the using a meat to do something with dogs that are chasing you. So in this one, uh, the wieners give him the quick energy he needs to escape. Yeah. In the uh, Lemon of Troy, he throws the wieners to the dogs like, they've got a taste for meat now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> then the, the the dog's head being yeah, at the door. It's a great shot. Ah, oh, can't yeah. wait to get to that one. And the these wieners, I love that line. These wieners will give me the strength. It's it's such a wonderful mystery. Oh, and the animation on Homer when he says no, I just love it that his muzzle is fixed in the frame and his head moves up and down behind it. It's, oh, yeah. it's such a great like overreaction shot. It's just oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> so and, uh, the next reality is Giant Bart and Lisa. Yes, yeah, which. I didn't get a clip for that because it's not very funny or it's not a great line. The visuals are fine. It's but, an amazing uh, visual. It, it was a real, I remember seeing the commercial for it before it aired and like, oh my God, it's a story that one of the tree houses is about Lisa and Bart being giant and torturing the town. Like, it's four seconds, but it's a great four seconds. That's a good idea though. And, and this is where it goes just full wacky where it's like, yeah, yeah we don't even care. Like. Why would killing a freaking like fish uh, cause everybody to be gigantic? Yes. Or why would it anything cause? Don't think about it too hard. It's insane. <laughs> and uh, I combine these two together, but they're my favorite ways. One Homer basically becomes Doctor Seuss, and then the other just his line reading reaction to what he does is just so great. Oh, I wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. This is gonna cost me. (laughs) 
so it's amazing. Implied it's the fish that walks out of the water and becomes us. Yes, he uh, prevented He prevents evolution. man. And then meanwhile, he just goes, this is going to cost but me. Then I'm a simple him... woman. I watch Homer sneeze at dinosaurs and they all die and I laugh. <laughs> I mean, it was so crazy. But doesn't doing that give him his perfect life that he's it afraid does, of? It does. <laughs> Sneezing on the dinosaurs gave him the perfect life. Yeah. But it's that is some Merkin style cruelty too of like no this is the perfect world for Homer but he doesn't know it he if, runs from it if he stayed for five more seconds you could have had a world where Patty and Selma were dead his family was rich he had a, he had a Lexus and yeah. donuts rained from the sky yeah, all the donuts he could eat just rained from the sky in fairness donuts raining from the sky would actually be hellish haven't you ever Gross. seen uh, mm-hmm. the the book about the all the the food coming from the sky cloudy with a chance of meatballs yeah exactly it's pretty much that it'll spoil eventually well I mean in real life when it's rained frogs it was like well, it was crazy at first but now we just have a lot of smelly Gr- guts on the ground yeah, yeah. so then we get the second willy death which I love this so good you're still not in your own world Homer I can get you home but you have to do exactly as I this is indeed a disturbing universe so yeah, James Earl Jones, which previously he was playing Serac the Preparer. Was yeah. he anyone else outside of that? He was like the moving guy in that yeah, uh, yeah. in Bad Dream House. Yeah, when he, he was given a tip he doesn't like. But really, it's him being Serac the Preparer. And the narrator in The Raven Short, too. He was yes. in all three uh, segments. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. They, they used him a ton. In this, they got one line out of him. But it's great. Yeah. I can't imagine that joke without James Earl Jones. I, mean, like, I, always, I always think he's in like the This is CNN Lion King joke. Oh, that's yeah. sure. It, it would have made more sense to bring it back for that one-off joke. I love that they did it. It's just yeah. you guys know the third time he would appear on the show. No, I think I know. It's a bad episode. Well, is it, it's is it the Halloween ba- segment? No, okay. it's the it's the one of their most shrug endings of. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, well, I know. Das Bus. Das let's Bus. Say Mo. Yes, that's the, Das Bus. When uh, when they're all stuck on the island and they realize at the end of the episode the children are left on the island and not saved, <laughs> they just said, "Well, we need to explain." How they were saved? Hey, let's say Mo. Okay, well let's have let's have let's have James Earl Jones say it to add extra weight to it. So It'll justify everything. Yeah, and Maggie does kill Willie in that scene. We should yes. point that out. Uh, yes. Willie's second death. Second death with an axe to the back. With an axe. Yeah. It's always an axe. Yeah. And he's and there's blood all around the axe. I think that softens Homer murdering him too. If like, well, everybody murdered him, so Homer's not special. I, I remember in life before internet and DVDs. I think pe- I heard people think that Willie got killed in every Treehouse of Horror. Oh. Special because of I, this. This is one of the only ones with a through line. Yeah, where there's true. references go back and forth. Yeah, I don't think he'd be a lead in one until Freddy Krueger. That's uh, next, next year. year. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, I believe it was called. And th- okay, this is my line of the show. I don't know if you guys agree, but don't touch anything. I'll touch whatever I feel like. Foolish Earthling, totally unprepared for the effects of time travel. <laughs> I kept all the laughs. What happened to us, Kodos? Quiet, you. Yes, you always need King and Kodos to show up and kill time. But I just love that. Their only God. appearance, by the way, in this uh, yeah. history. Yep. Mm. But, but I just love that 
Ah, I just love how angry Homer is. He's just like, don't touch anything. He just <laughs> he's just so frustrated. It. Yeah, yeah and then uh, he returns. Everything is normal, but the family has lizard tongues, and he's willing to settle. Yeah, it's, well, there's he close enough is right. He's yeah. done all the time traveling. Uh, though they go through a bunch of houses. So You're right, Igloo, yeah, the Flintstones' house. Yeah. They're underwater. And then the Sphinx. And they tell a story on the commentary that that is some real cruelty to animation directors. Unintended. They didn't weren't mean on purpose, but like so they had in the script, one of the designs was based the house was made of squirrels. It was the house was made out of squirrels. And so an animator meticulously drew a house where it is an individual squirrel in like that made up the house. And then then in the uh, at some point they're like, nah. Don't want that. I think they just decided it didn't read well yes, on a TV yeah. screen. Like people couldn't tell what it was. So that poor, poor animator just just doing what he was told. And apparently, uh, after that, he made that design for like Christmas cards. He tried to use it as much as possible because he was so resentful oh, no. and never made it into the show. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cruel. Uh, so then we get to the next segment, which I want to use this as a time to talk about another major Simpsons figure oh, yeah. who enters this. But this is the this segment is the first ever episode credited to. David S. Later X, X. Cohen. And so David, at the time credited here, David S. Cohen, he was a science graduate from Harvard and then got a master's in Berkeley. So then Cohen decided instead of going to science, he wanted to write comedy. So then he went and wrote several episodes of Beavis and Butthead in the original run. Yeah, actually, he wrote uh, for season three of Beavis and Butthead and two episodes that are identified as his are uh, Couch Fishing and Plate Frisbee. Very, this, is a very, this is a very primitive years of Beavis and yeah, Butthead, but like trying to figure them. out what to do with the characters after Mike Judge was not the only guy writing for them mm-hmm. and they're okay but I feel like the show would only get better but um, I, I'm just I just want to know what writing for Beavis and Butthead is like what yeah. is a good Beavis and Butthead script compared to a bad <laughs> Beavis and Butthead script enough. Yeah. so then he got hired by The Simpsons in mm-hmm. season 6 he was one of their new writers then and his most famous episodes I'd say the two are Lisa the Vegetarian he made her a vegetarian pitched it to Dave Merkin mm-hmm. who was just like hey I'm a vegetarian now I love this you're hired <laughs> and, and then he pitched the Itchy and Scratch Scratchy and Poochie show, or he wrote that one, and so... And he is the most uh, nerdy guy on the commentaries. He's, yeah, I mean, Ken Keeler is... Sounds oh, wait, less... sorry. Ken Keeler is the most nerdy guy in the commentaries. I say this as a nerd, by the yes. way. Yes. Uh, well, David X sounds the nerdiest. He how sounds do, like a comic book guy. How do you go from a writer to co-creating a show with Matt Groening? Um, so, in 1997, while working in season eight of The Simpsons... Mm-hmm. I think he just started having conversations with Matt Groening about a show they could do together. And Matt Groening was into it. And so he was like, okay, this is going to be you though. You read all these stories about Matt Groening have these flights of fancy of like, mm-hmm. we're going to make a live action, crusty spinoff show. We're going to make a show called Homer. Like he had all these dreams of shows and he didn't make them. Mm-hmm. But in the case of David X Cohen, then he decided like, Oh no, yeah, let's do this. And they pitched it and made the show and it, sold to Fox and so that's why David left the mm-hmm. series in season 9 his last episode I believe is Bart the Mother it's true uh, in the last season. Uh, Phil Hartman appearance too yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh. and I, I was going to say this is the weaker one but actually reflecting upon it I love Skinner yeah. and great. turning this boring stern character into a murderer cannibal yes. is really <laughs> really good and I love a lot of his a lot of his dialogue in this episode definitely and the, and that also like to, he got to be on the school bus one last episode mm-hmm. but he never got to be the villain of one mm-hmm. and i like when the horror episodes can go outside of the family for the fun you know yeah. like Bur- burns is a vampire a nightmare cafeteria is a reference to an 
old Nightmare show. Cafe. Nightmare Cafe. Yeah. It's a, a six episode 1992 ABC show. Yeah, I wish I wish I knew. I feel like there's some specificity to this segment. Mm-hmm. I see people pointing out Soylent Green, but like I've watched Soylent Green more than anybody I know. Mm-hmm. This well, has nothing to do with Soylent Green. He reminds me more of those B movies you'd see from the 80s, like Class of Newcomb High or something. Of just it reminds like, me of a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, like, yeah, there's actually a really great dark comedy. I think it's called Parents with uh-huh. Randy Quaid yeah, about cannibals. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I see a lot in common with this. I'm not well, sure if he was inspired by it. And I haven't watched it, but there was also that new, uh, I believe it was Netflix series, the whatever diet. The oh yes, Santa Clarita. Diet? Santa Clarita. Yeah, diet. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, this Homer is not in this at all. They mentioned in the commentary, Cohen did write a scene for Homer, but it got cut. So this is one where there is no Homer. And also, Cohen wrote the end of this sequence too, the post dream sequence mm, okay. as well. So he did the the whole bit of this act. So the school is overcrowded. So I also like that they start from the place of an overcrowded school, which is uh, still a problem twenty three mm. years later, and uh, that. This was the first time I ever heard that the kid said, oxygen running out. Oh, uh, yeah. It's very muffled. I, yeah. I had never heard it as a kid before uh, or understood it as a as the words he said. Skinner and Dora are supposed to have the same problem. It's overcrowding and detention is becoming critical. It's a powder keg waiting to go off in an explosion of unacceptable behavior. <laughs> Don't bitch to me, boss man. Thanks to the latest budget cuts, I'm down to using grade F meat. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was some sort of common solution to both our problems? That would be great. <laughs> hey, Bart, watch this. Oh, no! My favorite outfit! Jimbo, this is by far the worst... Mm. Mm. Uh, Jimbo, why don't you assist Lunch Lady Doris in the kitchen? Bite me, Skinner. Well, might we. Well, might we. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so Skinner had the cannibal bug before this. Just just eating slime off of Jimbo's skin was enough to be like, we have to kill these children. <laughs> Probably yes. something that happened in Vietnam. We yeah. seen. Oh, God. Lunch yeah. Lady Doris like, totally understood exactly what yeah. he meant when he said, assist her. She's like, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got it. And My yeah. favorite outfit. <laughs> and he defines that skull outfit as his favorite outfit. And his. I mean, it is. He wears yeah. it every day. I guess it is his favorite outfit. And uh, when I also think of bad meat, I think of grade F meat as well circus animals some filler filler. they won't even say what the filler is but it's worse than circus animals goes well with malk (laughs) (laughs) and you know we've been watching the critic it's been nice to hear doris growl back again on the show for for a brief scene this is not her last scene i think uh lisa the vegetarian might be one of growl's last appearances on the show pretty sure yeah rich and bunley goodness Mm. i didn't capture but the just jimbo's his inability to know he's about to be murdered is like oh great now i gotta work in the dark dark. (laughs) so i guess he was roasted alive and that's how he died and yeah chopped up pretty terrible death for jimbo and it's something that uh, again is a nerd that's they make so much food out of one child body. Yeah, that it's a, uh, it doesn't make sense. You they can't make dozens of sloppy Jimbo. I mean, that machine can gooify. I think it just threw his entire body in there, and the bones are part of it too. <laughs> I guess with some filler, maybe. Yeah. I like that they came out with ironic names for the uh, for the actual food. Yes, yes. sloppy Jimbo. They were yeah. almost like flaunting their murders. <laughs> yes. Well, I love when Edna asks him, like, "Did you kill him?" And he just taps his nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I think a deleted scene 
was a teriyaki and sherry sauce. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. The sandwich takes so young and impudent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then when he sees Uder, that look down at Uder, he looks so, he does look appetizing to a cannibal. He's just like so fat and, and innocent. And he's <laughs> looking for a reason to take him to detention. The one thing in that scene that bothers me when uh, Bart and Milhouse are in line getting their sloppy Jimbo, for one cut of that scene, their buns are not colored in, so they look like styrofoam balls cut in half. It looks so <laughs> gross when she's plopping the, the sloppy Jimbo onto their weird white buns. And then, yeah, I, uh, like Kat said, I love that Doris gets so excited about, like, she's into dressing up for Oktoberfest. This is the best meat she's ever had to work with. Yes, yeah. Oh, she's it's, smiling. She's it's so not happy. horse testicles. It's not circus animals. <laughs> okay, I got your German grub right here. Mark, does it strike you as odd that Uder disappeared and suddenly they're serving us this mysterious food called Uderbraten? Oh, relax, kids. I've got a gut feeling Uder's around here somewhere. <laughs> After all, isn't there a little Uder in all of us? <laughs> in fact, you, you might even say we just ate Uder and he's in our stomach right now. <laughs> Wait. Scratch that one. Oh, great. Mm. Harry Should we get that the line of the show, my line of the show. Right. Yeah. That's the joke. You could say we ate Uder. Yeah, it's... it's uh, <laughs> Our stomachs right now. He takes it one step too far by directly <laughs> describing what's happening. And he just... And then he takes it back like, scratch that one. Yeah. Which that, um, that definitely also feels like a Futurama joke structure as well of somebody mm. outright stating their feelings and st- after the going that far with it. There's like a Skinner... Maybe this is just the uh, the writing from this general area of the show or this, 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 uh, this season of the show, but Skinner would do like a lot of things like freak out or act the wrong way and then go anyway or like goodbye anyway yeah prove me wrong children yeah prove you just try to wave it away wrong. with a very lame uh way to cover <laughs> it up they at least have a scene that explains why the parents aren't worried about their murdered children and then <laughs> marge is just like just tells them hey you stand up to that bully you tell him like, don't eat me i can't fight all your battles kids <laughs> yes and and then we get to see the overweight edna krabappel which oh is like a great God. design it's i so love so messed up you're like ah she yeah can't, that she's she has been thin her entire life but now she's put on like a hundred pounds because she cannot stop eating children Homework. she loves it too much eat a stick of butter <laughs> yes yeah now she just goes With a little belch and yeah. then she goes detention <laughs> detention the only children who are not in detention before the scene starts are wendell ralph Millhouse, Bart, and Lisa. And when they sneak out, they leave Ralph behind. Yeah. He's still in the class. Like, fuck Ralph. Well, if Ralph doesn't know to sneak out with him, he knows that this is the time to get out. There's a lot on there's late. a lot of meat on Ralph's bones, too. They could yeah. be busy with him for a while. And uh poor this is the most plot important Wendell has been in a very <laughs> yes. long time on the show. Also, we see uh, Martin in a cage once again in school. Mm. You only make yourself tired and stringy. I wonder if that is a uh a like fetish uh, yeah no no something about factory farming if that was like their comic because it's yeah, first maybe i can see that it's first him in a cage and then free range children as well that are just walking around not trying to escape and the joy of cooking millhouse that was the joke homer had before in yeah. the cohen script he gives a long uh, script but he says you know don't judge people on their behavior this is just like something some people are into in fact i want to cook millhouse and i yeah. developed several recipes and i and i showed it to his parents and they were closed-minded about the whole thing so it was <laughs> It was a very long speech they cut from Homer. And uh, but don't worry, Willie to the rescue. Well then, kids, I'm coming to the rescue a lot of you. Oh, oh! <laughs> Ugh, I'm bad at this. 
I'm going to enjoy devouring you, Bart Simpson. Yes, I believe I'll start as you've so often suggested by eating your shorts. Oh. Oh. Gross. <laughs> I just read... start with your butt in a non-sexual way. I'm just going to eat it. I had about 15 hours of uh, plane travel recently, and I read a 400-page book about a uh, serial killer who uh, killed and ate children. So this is a lot more meaning to me mm. now. This is much wow. more. This is much creepier Ugh. to me Why now. Why you eat adults? That's stupid. Children <laughs> are nice and tender. <laughs> Albert Fish, look him up. He's a total freak. I just winced. Did what? you just read a whole book about that mm. guy? Yes. Mm. Wow, that's some good reading material on a flight, Bob. I, no one heroes. sat by me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I also like that Doris is she has just become like a, a monster. She doesn't even talk. She's They're all like, monsters. I mean, uh, Miss Hoover is in the background too. You barely see oh, her drooling yeah, behind them. Yeah. You know, when you eat human flesh, you turn into like a hissing, like mm-hmm. evil monster. That is true, but no, it's not. Uh, and it's sort of true. Yeah. It, it well, I mean, maybe they. It was like eating the brains. You know, will give you like the madness. Maybe they that had that happen. Yeah, it will that, give you power. The, the mad cow disease. I love that. Uh, There's something yeah. in nature that <laughs> makes it so you don't. Well, eat from the cannibals species. in Papua New Guinea, like yeah. that was the thing. Is like they would eat the brains, and it would actually cause madness. Yeah. Like that was the thing. So that's disease. what happened. Mad cow disease. Note to cows self: cows. Don't eat yeah. other people's brains. Yeah. Well, then Cohen ends the scene with kind of a meta commentary on that. The children never die in previous treehouses. Mm-hmm. Like it was a line they wouldn't cross, and so Bart vocalizes that of like, mm-hmm. "No, we won't die. We never die in these things." And mm-hmm. even when Millhouse dies, like. Well, Millhouse is a bystander. We <laughs> still won't die. The first time I watched this, seeing Millhouse die was shocking. Yes, yeah. Before I knew it was going to be a and dream when, sequence. And the camera angle from behind, the bottom, like mm-hmm. underneath the, yeah. the, the rotating mm. propeller, as they're falling and the look on their face. Yeah. And like, then awful. you hear the sound of Millhouse being ground up by yeah. the blades. Gooified. At the time, my, one of my most scary scenes was the Goonies when they try and stick his hand in the the blender. It would just, as a kid, you can, uh, yeah. that would suck. It's that very visceral. And, and, and I believe, due to the nature of just this segment it's one of the few episodes that has to be reclassified ratings wise abroad mm-hmm. very yeah. uh, different ratings in different territories where usually i don't know they have like a 12 and up in the mutilation UK. kind of is yeah, yeah, thing, it, yeah it crosses that line to where like they it can't air in certain uh in certain countries well, it really was quite violent it was yeah. i think it, i remember there's being so. there being blood around the spout of the giant yes. food processor yeah, I, too I, yeah i didn't look into it too far but apparently they removed some of the blood mm. not the scenes but just like the like the excess blood from characters to get to reclassify it with a better airing yeah i mean david merkin mm. wanted to make this the most violent halloween special and he did succeed he i don't did, think anything yeah. after this got this intense <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is also the first time i noticed that the kid blender is a hamilton beach oh one, you're which right is a brand of blender <laughs> oh no <laughs> and, uh, but then we get to the end like uh, it seems that bart and lisa are doomed don't worry guys Something always comes along to save us. Uh, nevertheless, I remain confident that something will come along and save the two Simpson children. Ah! Relax, honey. You were just having a crazy nightmare. You're back with your family now where there's nothing to be afraid of. Except that fog that turns people inside out. Huh? Uh-oh, it's seeping in. Stupid cheap weather stripping. Ah! Marge said it would save them 7% on their heating bill. It should have happened. Oh, listen to Marge. Serious sound effects, man. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really the, good. And, and, well, and the, the 
footage of them turning inside. I was like, it's great. Yes. It's great. And I feel that Merkin always wanted to have some big surprise at the end of his Halloween episodes. The last one was the Charlie Brown Christmas parody. Mm-hmm. And this one is another kind of shocking moment, too. Yeah. Well, I think in both those cases... They're shocking they, for different reasons. I, I think both of them came from probably a note from somebody saying like we can do all this horror but we have to end on a laugh we can't if the episode ended with them screaming and turning inside out and landing in a pile and then like executive producer yeah he would have been like (laughs) bar punching lisa in the arm in the stomach of skinner you'd have felt horrible but when it ends with a musical then you feel i just want to point out that it ends with santa's little helper getting hold of bart's entrails and dragging (laughs) him away yes Yes. and they sing about it too they do uh but uh, the turning inside out, Bob. Yes. I yes. We both uh, capture close. We both grab close from this one. When uh, I saw you did it too, I was like, "Damn you, Henry!" But this is from uh, the I don't know what you call this uh, guy, the Arch ra- Obler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a radio play from the the radio series Lights Out. Yeah, and it was something that haunted David Merkin. This uh, this segment called The Dark, and it is about people being turned inside out by shadows. Hey, Doc, the lamp. Okay. So they're finding a person oh, turned inside God. out. Yeah. <gasps> Mother in heaven. What? On the floor. What is it? It's a man. Oh, no. It can't be. Yes, I tell you, yes, it's a man. A man. (laughs) And he's been turned inside out. (laughs) Wow. The whole thing oh, wow. is great. Listen to it. It's online. Uh, the Dark by it's, Arch Obler. O-B-O-L-E-R. This wasn't that... It wasn't totally scary, though. We had that public television guy with the inside out with his... Slim good body. Yeah, yeah. slim good body. We had Inside Out Boy, a Nickelodeon who True. swung over the bar. Like, it, was, it wasn't I mean, something I hadn't seen This before. is all theater of the mind, though. You're, what you're imagining is way worse oh, than yeah, what no, I could show you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm saying from my experience. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. my experience, like, we, I'd, I'd literally see... That Inside Out Boy caricature, you can see his veins and his heart, and it's kind of gross, and it's claymation. It's only because he swung upside over the bar. Can't swing over the bar, man. I'm surprised I never made it to times. series. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think they made at least a couple more. Yeah, but, it was like but, how Pete and Pete wore bumpers and then a series. Well, they didn't have the budget to make it a full series. It's a lot of claymation. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so then we get back to the... It's going to close out the show. I don't have the clip of it here, but mm-hmm. we'll just close out the show. But the it is the parody of one with them singing of their chorus line of people, dance until they make a stop. Yeah, so watch the animation when Bart's bedroom turns into the set. It's amazing. The walls pull out and they rotate, and it's so great looking. And mm. this made the overseas animators really mad because this is a like one minute inter- uninterrupted scene with no. I think there's one cut when Willie goes two. I think oh, that yeah. is the one cut they allowed them, but <laughs> it is. Five characters more complicated than they've ever been drawn, yes. all dancing to choreographed music with only one cut throughout that entire segment. It is a madness that oh it came out God. looking that well. Yeah, I, man, I didn't think of that. They're, they're covered in details of veins and bones and all that. And, and they still have to look like the characters. Yes, yeah, including it. In my first viewing as a kid, I didn't even recognize that was Willie. Same here, yeah. yeah. I think they make his mustache or his beard part of his like inside-out <laughs> well, face. Same with like, all their hair is inside-out. Like, yeah. Marge's hair is apparently veins. Has organs in it. Yes, yeah. When it really should be bunny ears, as we all know. Mm. Again, big ups to them for ending the episode in a musical. Like, this had to be one of the most like resource-intensive treehouses they ever did. And it came out so well. It did. Yes, it, did. Yeah. it has every kind of flavor. 
you'd uh, like an entry house yeah. episode. I think Watch Mojo rated it number one, mm-hmm. uh, best Halloween of uh, yeah. PS4 ever. I find I, it the most watchable. To yeah, be perfectly honest. Five is still my favorite because I would give it a slight animation edge, mm-hmm. and that I I like all three of them more than I like Nightmare Cafeteria is good. It is really good, and and so is Time and Punishment, but. I like the, the uh, terror. Uh, I like the terror of twelve feet mm-hmm. and the the one after that. I will well, say the season five Halloween special has the best animation. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer this one, and I don't know why. Maybe there's something for everybody. But whenever mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with friends in a Halloween type setting, that's the one I'll put on first. The one that we just talked about. So, uh, but Homer selling his soul for a donut, like that's that, also good. Yes, that's that's still my favorite segment ever, and I put shinning right behind mm-hmm. that. But yeah. well, Citizen Kang is definitely my favorite. But yeah. along with uh, and, and the one that you described that is also an all time but like just this one from beginning to end mm-hmm. is just so good it's and, and like there none of the jokes fall flat for the most part like it goes at such a clip and time and punishment is a great example of just a segment that is so tightly packed and so insane and just keeps getting higher and higher and higher <laughs> until homer is just like screw you and just starts beating up everything it's amazing yeah, nothing goes to waste they're just they're in a ned flanders dystopia for 90 seconds and yeah. things just get crazier from there so yeah fantastic episode yeah, uh, and i just want to recommend like the simpsons is pretty bad about having digital offerings on amazon but for some reason they have three packages of ha- just the Halloween specials. Mm-hmm. And I forget what what's what because that's what I watch every year and they're all like it's season 2, 7, 4 <laughs> like and then the next one is season Treehouse 1, yeah. 10, it's it's all over the it's place. It's all over the place, but at least you can get the Halloween specials together. I loved as a kid when they would air like four over a night yeah. on on Fox and Those so what it days. Well, when there were only four to air. And why, <laughs> I, I'll, I, you know, I'll put this challenge out there. Why not do this with other shows for fuck's sake? Why doesn't mm. just steal it? It's fine. It's <laughs> The Simpsons. You can steal from The Simpsons. Yeah, well, yeah, do, a, do an out of canon Halloween episode mm-hmm. or an anthology episode. Just do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, Futurama would do it with their anthology of, of interest series. Oh, your court VIP. <laughs> Uh, well, there's no other good holiday, though, for it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, folks. This has been Talking oh, yeah. Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts every Monday at Retronauts.com and occasionally a bonus episode on Friday. It's a classic gaming podcast. Just look for it in your podcast machine for Retronauts, and I guarantee you'll like it. Just find a topic that you're into and find our corresponding episode, and you will like it, I swear. Our special guest, Kat, where can we find you? I'm Kat Bailey. You can find me on US Gamer. That's where I work and contribute all of my writing. I have two podcasts. We have the US Gamer Podcast. That's our flagship podcast. And mm-hmm. also Acts of the Blood God, which is our <laughs> RPG podcast where we talk about all things RPGs, but mostly JRPGs. But mm-hmm. yeah, I digress. I also appear on Retronauts occasionally with Bob and Jeremy, and I'm looking forward to being on that again. And you can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Do you come out another laser time, cat? Yes, I totally yeah. will when you have me again. I see that the Hot Fuzz is written down on your calendar. It also is written under April. Yes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Calendars nah. kept digitally. But uh, we're going to do a Star Trek one, right? Someday. Yeah. Someday. I'm just, I'm Star not... Trek Discovery is right around the corner, my friend. So very When And I think we do a show called 302010 on the Laser Time Network, and when Brett was a part of it on a regular basis, we're leading up to like casting announcements to next gen um, to the eventual launch of next gen. Cause we look at the world 30, 20 and 10 uh, years let ago. Let me from tell you t- the first week. season of next gen in 1987 was such a clusterfuck. It's great. Mm-hmm. Ah, it makes for great podcasting. Can't wait to talk about it. Well, okay. You must be really excited about Seth MacFarlane's the Orville, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Stop <laughs> trying to become an actor. It's going to be a great one season show guys. Leave it sure. alone. Yeah. Leave I, it alone. Uh, I'm H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. <laughs> 
And if you listen to this ad free, that's because you uh, gave to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you haven't, you're missing out on tons of awesome stuff like the entire Talking Critic run. We're doing a new episode of that every week. Some exclusive videos, some special interviews with writers from the show like Bill Oakley, Reed Harrison, one of the executive producers on classic Simpsons video games, and so much more. You get access to a ton of stuff for just $5 a month, and you help me and Bob do this a full-time jobs so again patreon.com slash talking simpsons i'm a patreon i'm a patron thank you yeah hope you enjoy it cat so thanks so much for listening we'll be back next week with bart's girlfriend a great episode we'll see you then Cheating my machine red about Vital organs, they are well-protested No fair